Many non-Aboriginal families value their elders, but there is also a lot of disconnect where older people are relegated to old people's homes, ignored and forgotten and disrespected. Their knowledge and story and history, which have so much to give, means young people are missing out by not connecting to those older generations. And the old people are missing out as well. By contrast, Aboriginal culture is based on respect. Respect for the land, respect for their elders. Aboriginal elders are viewed as knowledge keepers. They are the cultural authority. They teach, uphold and keep Aboriginal culture strong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ironing Out the Wrinkles. I'm your host, Ros McMaster. And I'm your other host, Kate Shaw. Together we're taking the age out of ageism, helping men and women embrace the second stage of life with less fear. It seems we have a lot to learn from Aboriginal culture, and to help us make a start today, we're joined by Christine Luck. Christine is an Aboriginal woman with ancestral ties to Bundaberg, St George and Prussia. She identifies as a Garangarang woman with strong connections to Battle Creek in the Port Curtis Coast area. Christine grew up in Yarrawa country at Withcott and has lived in Brisbane in Tarrabal country for the past 36 years. Christine, hello and welcome. Hi Kate, hi Roz and thank you for the welcome. Um, okay, before we go any further, I'd like to acknowledge country. So I'm currently on um, Meandin, which is the spur of the river, Maywa, Brisbane River. Um, I actually grew up on uh, Jarawa country, as I said, in the bio, uh, and currently reside on Turrbal country. So I'd like to acknowledge country and thank country also for offering support, guidance and sustenance over many generations. I'd also like to acknowledge my elders, past, present, and those who are coming behind us. May they also be leaders and strong advocates for people. I'd also like to acknowledge your elders, Ros and Kate, because it is how you got to be where you are today from their knowledges and wisdoms being shared as well. Thank you. Oh, I love that. That was really special. I love that extra bit of Mm. um, addition too. It just brings home the whole aspect of respect for the elders. When you meet together with people that you've never met with before, you offer acknowledgement to country. Country is a person. Um, Country doesn't just necessarily mean earth. It also means sky. It also means water because that whole sphere of where we live we are in country on country and of country at all times so we acknowledge that country helps us to be well helps us to be full stop yeah there is a difference between elders and the older generation um, within the family so just really briefly what what is the difference what makes an Aboriginal elder um I think you mentioned it when you introduced and, you know, an elder is a knowledge keeper or someone who is respected for the knowledges that they can offer um, advice on, um, experience on and 
um, guidance on a particular issue, subject, or, you know, just a person's life. So, you know, within my family, there are a number of elders. I'm now considered an elder, um, even though I don't think I should be an elder, but I do get called the title of arting now. Um, and that's not just because I have grey hair. <laughs> it's actually because I do have some knowledges in the work that I've done over a number of years. So I get the title of arty. Um, That's a great you know, honour, isn't have, it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I kind of balked at the idea of being called arty, but uh, I have a number of, because I have other people in my life and people that I work with that I would also consider an elder because they are knowledge keepers and are able to share that knowledge and guide people in the work that they do. And they aren't people with grey hair. So, you know, an elder isn't necessarily because you have grey hair. An elder is someone who is a keeper of knowledge and someone who is willing to share that in community. So a keeper of knowledge being what knowledge? Where Where's this knowledge come Specialist, from? Well, I guess, you know, a specialised um Specialised skills. So if I talk about, um, you know, the medicine, if I talk about crafting tools, if I understand the seasons, if I understand the um, familial connections, it's a specialised skill, a little bit like you would have specialised skills for a doctor or a lawyer or uh, a teacher. So it's specialised skills that a person has and they're able to impart that knowledge to others um, and they are sought after because they have those knowledges. So that that's kind of my understanding and I guess the um, understanding and community of what an elder is. And it, well, can I ask why you thought you... Um didn't deserve the role or weren't worthy of the role? Well, I guess it was unexpected because, you know, over time we we gain skills, but we don't necessarily think the skills we've got are anything special. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, in the recognition of the title of auntie now, I probably am more comfortable with the idea that, yes, in fact, I do know things and I can actually help out in situations and I can offer those um, specialised services to the work that I do. It's amazing what, amazing what others recognise in us that we don't see in ourselves. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what happens in the role of an elder? Do you meet at a community hall and people come to you for advice? Like how, how does the role get played out? Um, well, you know, there are elders groups. You know, there is a Brisbane Aboriginal Elders Group uh, in, in Brisbane, but um, I guess the role of elder is that the people who work with you um, recognise that you probably have some skills and knowledges that they could tap into if they have a question. Um, there is no special meeting place. There is no special place to be. You just are, you know, consulted or, or referred to if people want advice or are seeking information. 
Yeah, and the community sort of are made aware of what your skill is as as the elders. So, you know, they come to you. Yeah, come to you for the art, art and craft. And are elders still held in high regard by youth today? You know, like it, certainly um, for non-indigenous culture, there used to be a lot more respect yeah. for the wisdom of older people. Are you finding that with the young indigenous Aboriginals? Um, that they're not as respectful as what they were in the past or is that still and are they still held accountable and it's just born into them that they need to be respectful? Uh, no, I, I, you know, my observation and is that that's still a respectful position and, you know, deference is still given to an elder. Um, it could just be because of the grey hair but, I, you know, the, the title, um, sometimes is conferred upon you and other times it just naturally is your title. So, but I do find that younger people still say, I'm sorry, auntie, or refer to you as auntie or uncle um, and aren't quite as dismissive of what you have to offer. They will defer. So, you know, I, I still see that level of respect and observation of respect in our community um, and other, you know, workplaces, non-workplaces as well. Does that differ from the country to the city kids or is it generally the oh, same? No. It's generally the same. I haven't seen anything different. Oh, that's um, good. From my own observations, yeah. Are elders now using modern techniques to reach the younger generation, you know, like through through video or music or TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It still tends to be more of a yarn. I mean, modern technology just allows you to reach a bigger audience, I guess. And if you are, you know, on a video or in a podcast such as this, you do get to reach a bigger audience. It's just whether it's what's being sought at the time. Um, you know, elders don't necessarily go out and say, hey, look at me, look at me, I've got things to say and I'm going to tell everybody by, you know, TikTok video or YouTube <laughs> clips or podcasts or whatever. Um, it, it still tends to be very much a community-centred activity and still very much um, a, a yarn situation. So, you know, you would sit, listen and yarn to people. So our yeah. international guests might not be familiar with the term yarn and that's really another word. Is that another word for story or um, what? It's a bit of both, storytelling and also just a conversation. So okay. having a yarn is a sharing of, um, you know, I guess your knowledges and skills and having a conversation at the same time. So, you know, when you have a yarn, you actually sit down together and you talk together. Mm. Um, you don't talk at, you talk You talk with in that, that Well, place. I think that brings mm. me a segue into saying um, even with I've noticed with our advertisers, for instance, Qantas, which is our flagship airline in Australia, um, they've seemed to have gone to a lot of trouble to do advertise the right way. They ran a very successful campaign I still call Australia home from 1997 to 2009. And one of their commercials featured an Aboriginal boy called Tyra's aunt. And he sang a rendition of the first verse of the song so beautifully. 
in his native Aboriginal language. And it sort of showed to us um, that they had huge respect in preparing this clip. And apparently they consulted widely with the Aboriginal community by regarding the use of the song and, the, and filming and getting permission to have access to the location on their land. Um, that was good to see, wasn't it? It seems like I, I felt really proud, even though I'm not Aboriginal. So it was nice that they'd been consulted and respected. Um, Tyrus probably would have been grouder if he'd just gone ahead and sang the song in language without having the permission to do so by his community. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, he would have had to have consulted quite widely himself, right. not just Qantas doing it. And the fact that his community supported it and saw the benefit and value of it meant that Qantas were um, going about the consultation in the right way. Yes. That is having a yarn and getting permission to utilise knowledges and skills. I mean, we see, you know, intellectual property being ripped off everywhere and mm -hmm. language usage and art usage and, um, you know, material goods usage yes. is intellectual property. So, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that he went and spoke to his, his community, his elders, and got permission to do so is the correct way of doing things. So, yes, yes I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I must, I have been observing some of the changes around country anyway and noticed that there is now quite a few programs on the ABC and SBS and they actually name country from where they're meeting. So, you know, if you were talking about where you were from, like I did, you know, I'm currently on Turrbal Yagara country um, and having that acknowledged as being a place other than the name of Brisbane. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really encouraging, exciting to see across our whole community. Do you think it's also encouraging that the young today, I've noticed some really popular songs, you know, pop songs are now featuring Aboriginal singers and they're actually in their Aboriginal native language, which is beautiful. And the books uh, and the kids' books and things yes. like that. Yes. Yeah, it is nice to be able to see some of that occurring. I mean, mm. um, I guess in a way we have all missed out on a lot of our own knowledges and histories, not just me as an Aboriginal person, but everybody mm. by not having it available or encouraged or valued in Australia. Yes. And that, you know, to see that now encouraged and valued is really exciting. Mm. I, mm. I remember um, when I was studying psychology and we had to do some research at a community centre down in Anala and there was a big Tongan community down in Anala and when it came um, to juvenile offences, the police very much worked in conjunction with the Tongan elders and mm -hmm. a lot of it, a lot of the discipline then was left to the Tongan elders because they had their own way of dealing with their um their youth. So does that happen with Aboriginal elders as well? Where do um, they work work closely with the police? It hasn't in the past. Mm. That is getting changed. I mean, there are things called Murray courts now where elders are invited to come and sit in the court system and talk with uh, offenders about, you know, what's gone on and, you know, to sort of correct the behaviour so it's the right way of doing things. Um, it may not necessarily sit well with what we consider to be 
the proper way of doing things. Proper and right aren't always the same thing. Oh, so... it, our, our justice <laughs> system and, and youth uh, are so out of control. So we clearly don't have a right way of doing things. No, we can learn maybe from you guys, that's for sure. Um, getting back to the Aboriginal culture, how are the elderly treated? For instance, is there a hierarch hierarchical, like hierarchical. A hierarchical. <laughs> here I can't even speak I'm so excited is is there no single leader as the early explorers assumed who came to Australia um, because elders can hold a lot of power and in some communities men and women are elders with equal standing and in others it may be just a few men who have that status how's that worked out would you know or is it just different in different places it was different in different places mm. um and it That's depended, yeah, it depended really on, I guess, what, how country shaped that division. Um, you know, if I, and I've sort of examined this a little bit over time, is that difference in uh, political leadership was so vastly different in places and that's why it was assumed that there was, no governance, no leadership, no nothing in a particular location because there wasn't this head person. And having a head person fitted the ideal of a hierarchy that came from England where there's a head person making the decisions as opposed to having a situation where everybody sat and made those decisions jointly in a family situation. Over time, obviously, that's altered a little bit, but we still have a situation where you can't just be the only person that will speak on behalf of that community. It has to still be a sense, uh, you know, a consensus arrangement. No one can go out and say, hey, look at me, I know everything, therefore you just talk to me about it. Because as soon as you do that, you've now broken the rule of respect and you've also broken the rule of acknowledging that other people also have knowledges in that space and it's not just you alone you know hence the reason why I mentioned earlier I'm a little bit uncomfortable just being asked as the only person that has this appreciate knowledge. that we westerners could learn a thing or two about that yeah are there consequences <laughs> are there consequences to breaking the rule of respect yeah it's called uh, exclusion or shunning Oh, and wow. it happens, you know, it still occurs in, you know, what would be considered modern society these days. People, you know, if someone is given undue authority and they haven't been recognised to own that authority in community, they don't really get invited along to a, com a lot of community things and they're actively shunned within community until that person recognises that they're actually not the authority alone in a particular space. There are others who could add value to a conversation. They can continue on their merry way, oblivious to whatever's going on, but community will actually shun them from activities. Wow. Okay. So there's consequences. You've got yeah. to behave properly and respectfully. Yes. to be part of the community. Mm. Yeah. With older members, um, are they still feeling very important to family functioning, like the Aboriginal grandparents, um, elderly family members and elders often assume multiple roles within families and communities, and not so much in our Western anymore because we're all, a lot of us are separated from our families, interstate, et cetera, overseas. 
um, and what are the mutual benefits and things like that? Well, if I if I use my own family, like I I live close to a number of aunties, my mother's sisters, and the reason why I live close to them is because they are considered my grandmothers, my mothers as well, and it would be wrong of me not to offer support and assistance if required. My auntie actually had her mother's brother living with her for a number of years until he also grew frail and old and and passed away. I do, however, have one uncle who is in a home. Unfortunately, he has high care needs, um, but he's not left in a home. He is visited quite often by cousins, by nieces, nephews, sisters. and taken out quite regularly to family functions and activities. It's just that the, his needs were more than we were able to assist and offer with. And I've, I've, I've observed that across other families as well. There are very few instances that I know of where a person has actually been put into an aged care facility. We're not unique as a culture in that regard. I know within my my husband's family who are Italian, that situation didn't occur either unless a person was needing specialised care and assistance and support. I guess within my own family, you know, my mother lives in a small house surrounded by my brother and two sisters as well. So she is not just there on her own. Is it common for several family members to live together? Not as common as living all in the one house, but certainly living close by each other, yes. And I imagine also the elderly Aboriginal grandparents would be wonderful in keeping the spirit of Aboriginal culture alive. Sharing of stories is really Mm. critical there. It's a shame we've sort of lost all that, isn't it? Oh, a lot of us have, not everybody, but yeah. in my case, I have my family live far away. Um, yeah, I guess the other thing too is like, you know, we still have big families. Oh. You know, we're not, we, you know, one or two children is still very unique. Really? Within the community. Four or more um, is still the common sort of family structure. What would you say are the, the four important aspects, or maybe there's more or less, but at least four of the Aboriginal culture? Like I know family, you just said one, um, language. Land, yeah, spirituality. Yeah, spirituality, yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, so if I, if I was to look at it in a sense of place first. Okay. Relationships. Yeah. Respect. And sharing probably is the other. If I was to to look at at least four aspects, mm-hmm. um, a sense of place means knowing where you're from, how you're connected to everything there, and knowing how you're connected to everybody there. Re- uh, relationships is, I guess, that further bonding of your obligations in that space. Respect is making sure that you respect the protocols, the rules, the arrangements of engagement. Yeah, they're kind of critical. And then sharing of knowledge is because people have to know about things to be able to look after them. So if you keep it all to yourself, how are people going to know? 
How does spirituality help Aboriginal families cope with challenges? I know I've read a bit about how wonderful the elders are when there's a funeral. It's more the support. Spirituality has its different aspects of understanding too. Still comes back to that relationship stuff. Being there if someone needs to talk to you. When they're grieving and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and not imposing or you know, constantly saying, look, I'm here to help you, I'm here to help you, which really if a person's not willing at that point in time to talk to you, then it's not about you supporting them. (laughs) It's about you wanting to have your own way. That connectedness, that relationship stuff is critical. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually had a, a researcher from James Cook University and they'd done studies on Indigenous health and well-being, and they were saying, you know, a, a holistic approach to Indigenous health uh, involved the connection to community and spirituality and the land, and it was vital to the health of older Aboriginal mm. peoples. When we're talking, your your culture is one of the the oldest existing cultures in the whole world, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I haven't fully that. examined that, but I believe so. I've been yes. reading that in my research. I think yeah. it's wonderful that you can share that knowledge with us today. Well, I was going to say, does that make you like feel really amazing and special? But you're not allowed to have that kind of ego, I imagine, as as an elder. <laughs> no, I'll just be cool. I'll be told I have a big head if I do. Um, <laughs> You'd be pulled into line. I mean, there's no harm in feeling special about that. I mean, it just means that you are well grounded in place. And it was one of the things that has, I guess, been the saddest part of the removalist policies of the early 1900s and into, you know, the late 1900s and still today if, um, you know, we don't, continue to connect people back to their communities, back to their families. It shatters that whole idea of who you are and how you are connected to place. Um, And there are, you know, innumerate studies that talk to um, how that impacts your health mentally and physically. I know this doesn't have anything to do with being older. How are we going with the fight to change the date of Australia Day? Are we getting any closer to to seeing uh, a resolution there or an agreement? For our international guests, there's a lot of controversy about mm. um, Australia Day. Um, it's got a name. Will I say what it is? <laughs> Invasion Day. Invasion Day, yeah. I left you to say it. Just, 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 um, we probably won't get to a resolution very quickly or easily. And it really means that until we actually sit and have that yarn and continue to have the yarn until at such point in time we agree, either way, we will just have a divided idea on what 
you know, January 26 is. I think that's um, a lovely way to finish the discussion today, Christine, unless you've got some lovely other words of wisdom to share with our listeners. I, I guess, oh, you know, grey hair doesn't make you old. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. And, oh and the reason why I say that is because one day I dropped my youngest child off and his friend said to him, I saw that your grand dropped you off today. And no. he was trying to he was trying to think at what point in time did his nana drop him off at school? And then he realised that his friend was referring to me. He was most oh insulted God. and upset. <laughs> 